Good morning. Oh, sorry. It's a little, a little late. Well, I'm not late. I started the stream on time, but I, uh, I got caught up. I, I, I kept you waiting for 10 minutes, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but sometimes it takes 10 minutes to get ready. I came home from the gym. I got here at like 7.58. I got my stream started right on time, but I've got my routine I got to do. I had to stretch because my shoulders are so sore. I've been doing these workouts with that vest I told you a while ago, and it fucking hurts. It hurts. <laughs> do it. I do the. If you, you know what? If you, for those of you who, well, first of all, good morning, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast, Book Club. It's uh, it's Monday, December twenty seventh. Happy belated Christmas. It's eight twelve in the morning, uh, Mountain Standard Time. We're streaming live on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook, and they're all under different names. I think YouTube is Caden's Podcast, Facebook is Caden's Podcast, and Twitch is under my gamer name, Alpha Seltzer. But then the podcast goes live on Spotify and Apple Podcast tomorrow, and it'll be under Caden's podcast on both. So, good morning and welcome. Now, let me tell you about my workout real fast. Have you ever heard of the Liver King? The Liver King. <clears throat> Not the Lizard King from The Office, but the Liver King. He's just, he. I think his name is... Uh, it's Brandon something, and he's just some super jacked dude who claims he lives an ancestral lifestyle, and he does because I've been following him for a couple weeks, and he has posted videos of the bed that he sleeps on, which is just wooden slats with a towel. And he posts he I read a post this morning that my buddy sent me about his hygiene routine, which is nothing. He washes his he washes his balls and his pits with water and maybe some tallow, but that's it. Uh doesn't brush his teeth, doesn't brush his hair, doesn't shower, and he has an explanation for it all. And it makes his explanation makes sense to me. It's just so different from how everyone lives today. He the claim is that our ancestors never bathed on a regular schedule or as intensely as we do today. So why, why should, why would he, because of the, our bodies are chemically designed to handle the things that nature throws at us. So he's got a point. I think he's got a point. It's very, it's very primal. It's a very primal lifestyle. His bed is, he's, he says he tries to imitate the hard earth floor that, our ancestors used to sleep on and they'd try to cushion themselves with leaves. So he puts he puts towels down and sleeps on wooden sli wooden slats. And then the workouts he does are super intense carries. Oh, excuse me. Got my coffee. It's making me <clears throat> it's making me burp a little. Mm. Mm-hmm. He posts videos of him 
He's got, he carries big ass chains around his neck. He carries big ass dump, uh, kettlebells in both hands. He ties his waist to a sleigh and pulls a sleigh. Then he's got weights on his wrists and his ankles, and he just fucking walks with probably, probably like close to three hundred pounds. So I I guess uh, my workouts have been pretty close to what he's been doing because really what I do is just a ton of heavy carrying. I put that 50-pound vest on, and I grab two 50-pound kettlebells, and I just walk around the gym and do squats with the kettlebells and do deadlifts with the kettlebells. And then sometimes I'll stop and do push-ups. I'll do upright rows, and I'll do bent-over rows, and I'll do snatches just all with this vest, and then I'll walk on the treadmill uh, incline treadmill. Oh, it's so heavy. It's all fucking so heavy. The first time when I was starting to do it, this outside part of my forearm used to get so sore. It, uh, the first time it was, it was such a weird soreness. I never experienced it before, but right here on the outside of my forearm, for those of you who are watching the stream will know where I'm, where I'm pointing to, but it's just this outside of the forearm and it's not that hard to figure out. And then today I, I was, uh, I, I've wondered why, I thought it was maybe because of the push-ups with the extra weight, it's just an awkward spot in the push-up, I don't know, but today I was, when I was doing the carries, I was carrying these kettlebells up and down stairs, and um, keeping, it, keeping it tight and kind of keeping my shoulders engaged as I carry, I could feel it from the carry, it was just from the farmer's carry, man. It's a, it's a tough it's a tough ass workout. But you know what? I think this I I love the idea of this kind of exercise because really and and it's going to sound ridiculous because I'm going to sound like the fucking liver king, but it's a really ancestral it's a really primal way to exercise is just just to carry heavy shit. Because our ancestors never they weren't they didn't have Gold's gyms. They didn't have Gold's gym. And they didn't have Vasa, <coughs> and they didn't have, sorry, I'm still a little sick. Well, I'm not sick, but I'm still coughing from last week. Excuse me. <coughs> they didn't have a fucking Vasa. So they, because they didn't need it, because all day long they would stalk animals and hunt them. And they would hike through the mountains and pick berries and fix their houses all day long and move wood around and just do crazy carry water around they were carrying everything they'd hunt an animal and then they would carry it back to camp and they would pick baskets full of berries and shit and then they would carry that to camp and they'd put and you, you've seen the videos of the people from africa carrying big jugs of water on their heads people just carried shit they've always carried shit and now we do all of this bench press and front squats which serve their purpose and make us look good because we have the luxury of not having to hunt for our food all the time. But carrying these carrying exercises are so awesome. I think they're going to prep me for the my future Spartan races in a, in a decent manner. A lot of the Spartan is is forearm grip strength, being able to suspend from uh, hold yourself up on the on uh, uh, what would you like monkey bars swinging through monkey bars that are parallel, they're, they're like, again, if you're watching the video, you'll see what I'm doing. But instead of instead of swinging like this, so there are some that swing like this, and then there are some that are like poles that you swing like this, 
and then uh, there are some that are like like swings, and you have to like yeah. And then there's ring monkey bars. There's a lot of that. Um, there's a lot. So there's a lot of grip grip strength that way, and then there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of carrying. You get big ass buckets of rocks, sling them on your shoulders, or carry them in front of you. You carry those around. Uh, what else? There's running, of course, from obstacle to obstacle. There's some crawling. There's a lot of, there's a lot, it's full body. It's really primal exercises. And when it starts to warm up, I'll get outside and uh, stick closer to the Spartan training regimen. But I've been, I, like I think I said, I've been incorporating some of their exercises because with the vest because they're really good they're really good for your uh, for your full body full body workout so anyway we got after it this morning did you get after it this morning never miss a monday liver king says never miss a monday or a holiday or a rest day that's what the liver king says and he calls himself the liver king because he eats liver and he eats he eats animal organs because that's a primal thing to do <laughs> yeah uh if you know uh if you know dr andrew saladino Sal- Salin something like that andrew saladino i believe he's a he's he calls himself the carnivore md and he promotes eating animal organs raw dairy and fresh fruit only only that for the healthiest diet you can you can come up with uh he's awesome too him and liver king are my some of my recent followers or follows <laughs> i wish they were followers baby there's some of my recent follows i love that i love the primal way to live as you if, if you listen to the podcast before you listen to some of these books that i've read i'm really attracted to the ancestral behaviors that uh that really, uh, it's, it's shaped how our brains and bodies function. And now we live in this world of, this concrete jungle that doesn't make any sense to our ancestral DNA. So, anyway, that has no, it has nothing to do with the book that I read uh, for today. Hey, Isaquelilis and Angelic, Angelus XD232. Buy followers, primes, and viewers on this website. No, I'm not going to because that's that's ridiculous. So why don't you fuck off? I wonder how these how they get all these bots in here, and I wonder who's actually buying the pri- the followers, primes, and viewers. Yeah, people out there's people out there trying to scam you all day long. Life is a scam. All right, let's move on. So that was my morning. I had a great Christmas. We had three families to sp- to spend time with, and we got to spend time with all of them. It was great. Uh, very lucky to have so many people looking out for me and my girlfriend and uh, comfortable houses, comfortable comfortable places, gifts. All, the whole nine yards. Very fortunate. It was a great, great weekend, holiday weekend. And, uh, and then we have another holiday this weekend. And it will be exciting as well. 
So wherever you're at for the New Year's, be safe as well. Always be safe and go have fun. And I I want to go to bed at 9.30 on New Year's, but no one's going to let me. And that's fine. Because what are we waiting for until midnight? We're, we're, wait, we're just getting fucked up and we're waiting for the clock to turn to 12 o'clock because then it's 2022 and then whoop-de-doo and then, and then we go to bed. And then some people are so fucked up that they just keep drinking until it's four in the morning. That's not how I'm trying to start my New Year's, but uh, I got to get a grip. I got to get a grip on being such a stick in the mud because I like to spend quality time with my friends and holidays and traditions are important. I understand, but I don't like staying up late. I never have. That's not true. I used to like staying up late, but now I hate staying up late because I get up at five and I carry 50 pound vests and two 50 pound kettlebells around. And that's what I do. And that's because then I need to get some sleep so I can do that. (laughs) Oh, what a terrible existence. All right. Let's talk about this book. Funny story. I got this. I bought this book because my girlfriend bought this book a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's it's on the, I think it's on the best, the top 10 bestsellers on Apple Podcasts right now, either overall or under just the self-development section. I can't remember which. Self-improvement, mental health, whatever. So top 10, she got it, so I decided to get it. And then for Christmas, it was, Santa had put it under the tree and... I told Santa that I have already read this book. And then also I was at my grandma's for Christmas and she gave everybody extreme ownership. And I also had already read that one. And I was so excited that everybody was there to uh, uh, and everyone there got the book because it's these both of these books. So good. This one that we're reading today, The Mountain is You by Brianna. Weist or Weist, W-I-E-S-T, Weist, I before E, Weist, Heist, H-I-E-S-T, Heist, W-I-E-S-T, Weist, Brianna Weist, The Mountain is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery. Let me tell you a little bit about Brianna. Oh, but you know what? I think I remember there is no author description in this book i remember because when my girlfriend got this book i was looking for it and it's not in here and then i googled who she is and she is i think believe if i remember right she's a 29 year old from nashville and she's a writer and she writes all the time and on her instagram she posts she writes poems and a bunch of self-help quotes and she, uh, yeah, I, so that's all I, that's all I either remember or all I gathered. Um, she has another book, another bestseller book called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think or the way, change something about you, something like that. 101 Essays That Will Change Something About You. <laughs> and if you read this book, I'm sure it's kind of the, it same, laid out the same as that uh 101 essays but it's not like it's it's an interesting writing style 
It's not like paragraph by paragraph. It's like sentence by sentence. She writes she writes just like hit hit quotes. Um and then doubles and then double taps enter. Oh, excuse me. I'm a mess. I'm a I still am sick. I'm still getting over it. Well, I feel great. My my energy and my my mental clarity has been restored. But I still have freaking snot up the wazoo. It sucks. Yeah. So, lot lots of just like quotes, a lot of quotes that she not a ton of elaboration. Well, there's good elaboration. Let's just talk about the fucking book. The Mountain is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery. Let's get some coffee. Mm. All right, let me get my notes. I got to figure out a better way to do this because... This takes up so much time writing the notes. I re- I'm listening to the book while I'm cleaning carpets. <coughs> and I have to uh, stop every time something I hear something that's awesome and write it down. And it's not the worst way to do it, but it takes up some time. Shoot, I didn't write down the chapters. This book's broken down into like nine chapters, I believe. No parts or nothing. Just, uh, let's see, seven chapters. It was not a long long read. It was like five and a half hours. Got it done in a day, a couple days. Okay. Chapter one, The Mountain is You. I got to just add these in because you know what I do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to print off these notes one of these days. <coughs> And put them in my books that I have. Okay. Self-sabotage is a type of coping mechanism when we refuse to meet our innermost needs. Our identity is shaped by our experiences. To change our identity, we need to change our opinion of our experiences. We cannot have peace in life if we live to numb our discomforts through distractions. Boy, oh boy, as if you haven't heard that already from me. We cannot have peace in life if we live to numb our discomforts through distractions. Self-sabotage is a type of coping mechanism when we refuse to meet our innermost needs. That's like the whole fucking point of all of self-help and self-improvement and whatever is neglecting our innermost needs. And what are our innermost needs? Well, I think they vary from person to person. But our every person, every person needs to feel some things and to have some things. When did we talk about when how we have we have objective needs like food and shelter and water, and then we have subjective needs. And what were those? Shit, that was that was a good point. Like we have su- subjective needs. Oh shit. 
was it uh, 12 Rules for Life, The Comfort Crisis? Yeah, we have subjective needs as well as our objective needs. Fuck. I need to I need to find that because that was a good Ah. That sucks. Yeah, I'm looking through my notes, looking through my notes, through my old books to see if I can find subjective needs. But they were it was like we have emotional needs. We have uh Oh shit. That sucks because I don't make notes because I don't think about this beforehand all the time. I don't think about what I'm going to say. <clears throat> I read the notes and then I make the notes and then I read them on the podcast. I wonder, can you like, I'm going to search subjective needs. Ugh. No, no books came up. Subjective. Oh, you know what? It, I think it was the Thich Nhat Hanh book. Zen and the sa- art of saving the... P- I'm sorry, I got to find this because this goes exactly with with our needs. This is the root of the book, <clears throat> is our needs. Yeah, beyond... Oh, I'm so glad I found this. Beyond our basic needs, food, shelter, and a partner to love, we need understanding, love, or compa- compassion, and deep peace. So when we neglect our <clears throat> innermost needs, we are self-sabotaging ourselves. That's the point of this book. Beyond food, shelter, and a partner to love, we need understanding to feel compassion and deep peace. Oh, I'm so glad I found that. So that go that's that's chapter one. Self-sabotage is a coping mechanism when we refuse to meet our innermost needs. We cannot have peace in life if we live to numb our discomforts through distractions. Here's a quote. The first step in healing anything is taking full accountability. What does that sound like? That sounds a whole lot like extreme ownership. Healing and having peace is fixing what you feel on the inside, not what you have on the outside. Quote. The greatest form of self-love is no longer accepting a life you are unhappy with. See what I mean? I mean, you could probably imagine how she just comes up with banger after banger of quotes. She that she just has she has a that's a one paragraph in her book. The greatest form of self-love is no longer accepting a life you are unhappy with. That's chapter one. The mountain is you. You are self. You are the one getting in between your uh, your innermost fulfilling your innermost needs. <clears throat> Chapter two. There's no such thing as self sabotage. Okay, because um, she com- she comes up with a- she does a lot of lists. She does a lot of lists. So I'm gonna read through them, be- and I only wrote down the lists that were I thought were. uh, relevant to or at least that i thought were inspiring self-sabotage is a self-defense mechanism we protect ourselves from the unknown of change and hide behind comforts and distractions yeah i say that shit all the time 
things like the internet, video games, and porn, and food, and laying in bed, and Netflix. I think I said Netflix twice. Those are all, those are things that we consume to avoid how we're feeling on the inside. And I had this, we had this conversation with my grandpa on Christmas, who is a farmer, and I'm, hey, and I'm wearing his ranch t-shirt today, Wolf River Ranch, gotta, gotta represent. So he, he's just an old school rancher, he's, and he, he raises cattle, and he grows hay, and feeds the cattle, and he spends his whole life, spends all of his time these days, uh, raising these cattle, and then, and then slaughtering them turning them to packaging the meat and selling the meat and it's all this really really healthy lean beef uh locally raised and anyway not loaded with chemicals and crap or or whatever you get what i'm saying he loves it and that's his life and on christmas we were talking we were talking about how we need to get grandpa set up with audiobooks and podcasts help him figure out how to do that so he can con- consume all of this info. We're talking about jo- Jordan Peterson's 12 rules of life, for life. And he uh, he's a super down-to-earth, super wise, intelligent person. And um, while I agree that there's... I, I, I'm a prime example of just constantly consuming crap not crap, but just consuming knowledge, trying to consume information and knowledge and trying to improve my my mental position. But my argument against getting grandpa set up is he's he's a he's uh, he's already a super wise, informed, intelligent person. And he doesn't do the podcasts and the books, the audio books. He doesn't put in headphones all day. I think and, and he still consumes information. And I imagine his routine is something like working all day and then coming home. And I believe he watches TV, he watches the news, and he reads the daily newspaper every single day, front to back. <coughs> but for the six to eight hours that he's working, he's driving from place to place, and he's in his tractor, and he's taking care of the cows, and he's walking around his fields, and he's thinking, he's thinking all of his thoughts. He's in his mind all day long. While I'm walking around cleaning carpets with headphones and everyone else has headphones or has their speakers playing or is connected to their Bluetooth in their car listening to something, whether it's podcasts or books or whether it's music or whatever it is, music and podcasts and books are a form of distraction. They're distractions. And what are they distracting you from? They're distracting you from your thoughts and from your thought process. They're preventing you from being in yourself. I've made it a habit to, I've, I've recognized this a while ago, and I've made it a habit to not listen to any music to and from the gym or to and from yoga, no music, no podcast, nothing, to, to make that time consecrated to being in my thoughts. Because for some reason, I remember Kanye West making a tweet or something about not using your phone early in the morning because when you're waking up, you are your brain is running crazy and when you get on your phone you're stopping your thought process so i for some reason i think about that and i take kanye's advice and uh i think my grandpa is so wise and he's so down to earth because he's so in tune with who he is and how he thinks 
And when something controversial comes across his plate, he's able to digest it and and understand it and do it rationally. And then he's able to have a conversation about it and give his opinion or give his thoughts. Um, I think he's everyone has distractions and they no one wants to be uncomfortable. And we've talked about I've talked about this a ton before. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. We consume a whole bunch of stuff all the time to avoid discomfort in life. However, it's so important to be uncomfortable sometimes, especially like and the, the like the easiest example is the gym. If you go to the gym and you're working hard, none of it's comfortable. Wearing the vest for 45 minutes is not comfortable at all at no point of time throughout the exercise. But that's the point. That's the fucking point. It's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. Especially, you're supposed to be aware of what's happening. And you're not supposed to avoid it all the time. You're supposed to feel those things. You're supposed to feel uncomfortable. No one wants to be uncomfortable. No one wants to sit outside in the rain or in the snow or in the wind. But but doing that brings on feelings and emotions and being able to sit in those feelings and emotions and understand them for what they are <coughs> is where you is where you gain real sincere opinions. I keep looking at the clock for some reason. I never look at the clock, but we're already 40 minutes in. So I'm sorry, but we're in chapter two and we're 40 minutes in. It's a shorter book. I'll keep going. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's the point. I'm sorry. That's a tangent, but it's I've. I was thinking, my grandpa's so wise, and I think it's because he spends, he's a, he's so good at consuming, or, or or digesting information, like the the consuming people can consume. Like I consume a ton, but just as important of cons- is consuming is digesting, and meditating on information, and it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to to not be happy in life and. <clears throat> Like if you, like you you aren't happy in your marriage, or you don't like your kids, or you don't like your roommates, or whatever. Like things are just things bug you. You don't like your job, your boss bugs you, your coworkers bug you, and you can either accept that and meditate on it and think why it's happening and learn how to improve and how to improve the situation with the other person, or to just to just hide behind uh, the distractions to hi- to come home and get drunk every day, every night, or to go to work. And sit on your phone and avoid the work. Uh, you can you can avoid the distract. You can avoid the discomfort with distraction, or you can embrace it and improve. That's what I'm trying to say. So, <laughs> that, that's that's a thought that I've had before. I, I think I've everything that I've said. Anyway, whatever. What the fuck ever. We protect ourselves from the unknown of change and hide behind comforts of dis- and distractions. Okay, so. Here's a cycle of self-sabotage. I'm going to read them all real fast, and then I have, a, I have maybe a couple thoughts. Cycle of self-sabotage. Resistance, upper limit, which is your tolerance for experiencing positive events. Uprooting or constantly seeking fresh starts. Perfectionism. Limited emotional processing skills. Justification. Disorganization. Attachment to what you really don't want, judging others, pride, guilt of succeeding, fear of failing, downplaying successes, unhealthy habits, being constantly busy, spending time with the wrong people, and worrying about 
irrational fears. These are all cycles of self-sabotage, things that we do to prevent ourselves from, uh, how did she describe it, when we, to refuse coping mechanisms to refuse when we refuse to meet our innermost needs. I mean, I took a quote from under justification that I loved. Not showing up to do the work is you ultimately saying you prioritize the excuse over your ambition. Why aren't you going to the gym? Why don't you eat well? And why don't you write when you want to write? And why don't you start the podcast? Or why don't you start reading? Why don't you read? Why don't you go to yoga? Why don't you do Pilates? Or why don't you go get a new job? Or why don't you ask that person out? Or whatever, whatever the hell it is. If you go with your excuses, you're telling yourself you prioritize the excuse over over the uh, over your ambition or over your desires. Do you prioritize your excuses over your ambition? I thought that was huge. And again, self sabotage is just it's it's a coping mechanism for ourselves to avoid discomforts, to avoid the uncomfortable things. But self-sabotage is, is neglecting our innermost needs. So maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, I will talk, she talks about that later on. So, okay, so yeah, resistance, uh, your tolerance for experiencing positive events, seeking fresh starts, perfectionism, limited emotional processing skills. These are all things we do to cope with uncomfortable realities of life that cause us to neglect our innermost needs. This is self-sabotage, guilt of succeeding, fear of failing, pride, judging others, disorganization, unhealthy habits, downplaying successes, constantly being busy. She has a lot of lists. So uh, maybe I don't want to read this one. How to tell if you are self-sabotaging. You're more aware of what you don't want than what what you do. You put more effort into impressing people you don't like you're putting your head in the sand or uh, denial or unaware of what is happening in your life. You spend more time convincing people you are okay. Your main priority in life is to be liked. You're, ma- you're more afraid of your feelings than anything else. Ooh, my hair is doing a little pokey poke. Yeah, sorry. That was gross. Ah, <laughs> my hair. Uh, wow. Sorry. I was on a roll. You're more afraid of your feelings than anything else. You are blindly chasing goals. You treat your coping mechanisms as the problem. You value your doubt more than your potential. You try to care about everything. You wait for validation for the life you want to live. You don't realize how far you've come. These are uh, how to tell if you're self-sabotaging. Emotions are not a representation of what you are capable of. That was a quote. I liked that quote. Emotions are not a representation of what you're capable of, which reminds me of the of the comfort crisis saying uh, emotion. Uh, our feeling of exhaustion when we're exercising is usually an emotional response rather than uh, rather than us meeting our limits when we're exercising and we feel tired. That's our body saying, hey, dummies, we have. Stop working so hard. We need to conserve our energy because we don't know if we're going to get any food. But we have, but our bodies are far more capable of performing than we give it credit for. It's our, all of our bodies are resilient and strong. That's how we're alive. We're the ancestors of savages. (laughs) 
Remember the liver king carrying all that shit? Well, we we are the ancestors. We're the descendants. Excuse me. They're our ancestors. We are the descendants of the the savagest of the savage. Savagest. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to run with that one. That's uh that's the reality of it. So our bodies are the, are come from the strongest and the most savage ancestors. Our bodies are strong, and when we feel exhausted or we feel tired, that's our body saying, "Hey, this is uncomfortable." And we don't want to do this, but our bodies and our minds are far more, far more capable of performing and overperforming if we, uh, if we have the mental fortitude and strength and endurance. But that takes under, uh, accepting the uncomfort, uncomfortable truths, accepting the discomfort of whatever you're enduring, and going through it anyway. Remember what Mike Tyson said? Discipline is doing what you hate to do, and you do it like you love it. You're doing what you hate to do and doing it like you love it. That's chapter two. Let's move on. I gotta find chapter three. Chapter three is called Your Triggers Are the Guide to Your Freedom. Are the guide to your freedom. Sorry, I just I forgot to label them when I wrote these down. Let me get some coffee. Jeez, we're popping off this morning. 47 minutes in. I got to try to keep this to an hour. All right, but I guess the first 10 minutes I was not gone, so we're really worth 37 minutes in. All right. Chapter three. Negative emotions like anger or embarrassment occur naturally and cannot be avoided. Understanding why they arise and how to deal with them is the best way to deal with self-sabotaging triggers. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Negative emotions are natural. Feeling angry or fear or uncomfortable or embarrassed. These are natural responses to external stimuli. And I think I've talked about this before too. How, yeah, we talk, I think it was from... Tik not Han's book too. How we 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 are in when life gets hard. Focus on what you can control. And I believe the only things that are in your control are your physical response and your mental response. But our emotional response is out of our control because our emotional response is a chemical reaction to an external stimuli. So, like if someone. If you are getting sexually intimate with somebody, your body reacts in a certain way and you feel certain emotions. And you can think in your in your brain on in your head, you think, oh, this is nice or and this is appropriate or this is inappropriate or whatever whatever the situation is. But your emotions are gonna have a react are gonna respond reg- uh, in a way that you can't control. Uh, same thing when you eat food, same thing when you exercise or when you have a even just conversations with people, if someone says something, like if someone says something, quote unquote, triggering, you can say in your head, uh, uh, I disagree with this, what this person says, or that person's, what this person said was rude, and, but I'm not going to have, I'm not going to respond, I'm not going to, I'm not going to verbally say anything back, but your emotions, you get like, you get your hairs on the back of your neck stip- stick up and you get goosebumps and you're feeling anger or you're feeling uncomfortable. Those emotions are natural, and we can't control them, but we can always control our response mentally, 
we can at, we can at least recognize what our body is feeling because we can't control how our body responds to things, but we can recognize them and then decide how we're going to respond. And that's what makes a mentally tough person. And I will t- and she talks about this later on. She says to trust your instinct, and I said, what if you have shitty instincts? Um, trust your instinct. What if I? What if you have a shitty instinct? Um, and this is what she has to say about that. Excuse me. Feelings do not inform you what decisions to make. Feelings confirm a decision you made was. Feelings confirm a decision you made was good or bad. You begin experiencing feelings of peace and joy when you incorporate daily habits that facilitate clarity, calmness, healthfulness, H-E-A-L-T-H, fullness, and purposefulness. Become aware and organize your feelings. I'll say that the first part again was a quote. The quote is, feelings do not inform you what decisions to make. Feelings confirm a decision you made was good or bad. And uh, good decisions... Um, bring good feelings of peace and joy when you incorporate daily habits of that facilitate clarity, calmness, healthfulness, and purposefulness. <clears throat> so that's, I think that's her response to having a shitty intuition. Uh, you need to, uh, you need to be aware of, you need to have good habits. You need to make good habits, make good decisions. And like I said, if you, if someone says something shitty to you and you uh, bite your tongue and you and you let that thing slide. You might feel angry and uh, and uncomfortable, but <clears throat> imagine the response if you had checked that person or if you had snapped back with something else that was rude. <clears throat> Some people like to engage in in uh, fighting, so you know, there's there's that. But that doesn't. It, but the feeling you don't. Do people feel good when they fight? I don't know. I'm not a fighter. I know that I hate the contention, the confrontation when uh, by by being rude in my disagreements, because you can disagree and have a have a good conversation and be respectful and not feel shitty. But I feel shitty when I'm rude to people. I feel shitty when I'm rude, even when I'm driving like this morning. I was driving home from the gym and there was this fucking guy going 10 under the speed limit. And I was I was like, well, this fucking guy. And I come around him and I'm speeding up and I pass and it's just some old guy driving a car and I'm like man it's just an old guy like who fucking cares and how much time did I lose be- because I was following him so so uh yeah rec- your feelings either conf- uh your feelings indicate that the decision you made was good or bad that's what your feelings are designed to do she also talks about intuition versus intrusion of thoughts oh hey Bimoon, moon good morning it's just an old guy. Give him the finger. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. But I really thought I was like my I was like my grandpa. My grandpa drives slow. He's an old guy. And like, what if I'm sure people are doing the same thing to my grandpa and he's just a fucking old guy driving around talking a lot about my grandpa. Wolf River Ranch. Mad respect. But yeah, I'm a I'm a teenager. And I was running behind because I was at the gym for too long and or because I left the house too late. So I was trying to get home, and I was I was getting impatient with the old guy driving in front of me. It's just life. It's just life. Uh, intuition versus intrusion. Intuition thoughts. In, excuse me. Intuitive thoughts are calm, rational, offer help in the present, open-minded, induce peace, 
and tell you what you think or feel. That's intuition, calm and rational. Intrusive thoughts are hectic, irrational, random and distracting, close-minded, induce fear and assume what other people's other people think or feel. So thoughts that you have, this is your instinct. Do does your intuition give you peace? and clarity or does it are they uh intrusive are they hectic and irrational and close-minded <clears throat> ignore those everyone gets intrusive thoughts i have intrusive thoughts all the fucking time but i also have intuitive thoughts and it's important to recognize the difference uh again the chapter is called your triggers are the guide to your freedom so recognize what sets you off your triggers and uh, as I've been talking about this for this whole chapter, recognize how your body, res- how your emotions respond to external events and then make good decisions and making good decisions will induce feelings of peace and clarity and bad decisions will induce feelings of chaos and and discomfort, which is different than discomforts from doing something hard like exercising. But like, yeah, but, you know, doing something wrong to some, like if I, okay, anyway, that's, a, you get it. You get the point. I, I got to keep this concise. I need to be better at that. Chapter four, building emotional intelligence. Let me get some more copy. Yeah, it's so, <clears throat> so good. Building emotional intelligence. A mind-blowing singular breakthrough event doesn't I'll say that one more time. A mind-blowing singular breakthrough event doesn't alter the course of your life. A micro shift does. The outcomes of life are not governed by passion, but by principle. And this is easily explained as just as simple little little baby changes in your daily routine or in your habits. And the best example that I have of this is I know I have a couple people in my life who I love dearly who have tried who who are just gone through life and their circumstances change and I want to talk about them because their experiences are personal and whatever and I have not talked to them about this about sharing this but they they uh life you know life happens and people go through life and then your your daily routine changes your habits change and Sometimes they change for the worse, and this these people they uh, they have. Uh, I'm 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 blessed to have been an influence to them to help them to help encourage them to want to do better. That's kind of the point of this. Why I do all this shit that I do, anyways. I want to I want to inspire others to improve their lives, and I'm no shining example, but I work hard almost every day, just about every day. Some like this weekend, I took a lot of time off to relax with my family, but I spent a lot of my time and my en- energy trying to improve myself to become the person that I want to be in the future. And these people have came to me and asked for help to do uh, to improve their to 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 get back on track after they've lost it a little. And my my advice to them was instead of making big changes to see big results, make small changes, make small changes. Uh, uh, let's say like 
instead of going instead of like this per these people drink lots of soda. And so instead of just cutting out soda entirely, <clears throat> my advice was include a glass of water with every Coke that you drink or with, with every Mountain Dew that you drink. And I- instead of instead of um, cutting out all f- junk food and going s- all clean food right away, incorporate one side dish of something healthy with whatever food you're eating and then and do that consistently for a week or two weeks or whatever and then add more water and less coke and add more healthy food and less un- less unhealthy food and start by instead of by starting going to the gym for an hour a day if you've ex- never exercised if you stopped exercising part of the 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 habits book what was the habits book that i just recently read atomic habits instead of going to the, instead of going from zero exercise to an hour a day go from zero from zero hours a day to just driving to the gym and walking in and out because the ha- the building because once you build the habit and you build on that anyway that's the point i don't need to go into it this was my advice to them and um people want to see big changes and they want to they want to change their where they're at in life so they do instead of taking my advice they go big and one of their responses was i'm not going to change if i don't make big changes and i said all right it's your life and you know yourself better than i know you so they make the big changes and then it's they stick for a week and then they go away and that's fine that's just it's just life is hard sometimes it's it's hard to make good healthy changes when the life you live is so comfortable and i was thinking that i do i do hard shit pretty much every day and carpet cleaning for a long time was really hard for me but i've but now it's comfortable it's a comfortable thing and i don't do a whole lot to challenge myself at my job anymore it's changing for me my there's a lot of changes happening in my job recently in my work but um which is it's kind of forced me to to make big changes and to to seek improvement but what i'm saying is even even when your routine is already hard you be, it becomes comfortable and you have to actively work to continue to make it challenging to to continue to see improvement and part of that for me has been extending my gym time going from 30 minutes to 45 from 45 to 60 from 60 to 75 and uh, now I've incorporated my writing. And instead of writing for 10 to 15, go from 15 to 30 and then 30 to 45. And now and then post my entries on a, on a blog, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, uh, to continue to challenge yourself. So so anyway, you got to always continue to challenge yourself if you want to see improvement because everything becomes comfortable, no matter how difficult it is. Even for people like Goggins and Cameron Haynes and Rogan, life becomes or, or your ambitions become your your new base level, your baseline, and you become comfortable in that. And you have to continue to push yourself. If you want to excel and you want to be better, you have to continue to push yourself, which means you got to go harder and you got to go longer. Oh, I'm fucking on a rip right now. Let's go. We'll go back to chapter four, building emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence, um, the, the, the first principle that I just read, the point is small changes consistently make bigger changes down the road for you than trying to than a single breakthrough experience. Your mind is anti-fragile. Like your immune system, the more you challenge it, 
the stronger it becomes. Biological advantage to this is humans becoming innovative. Instead of trying to hack what's next, get better at where you're where you are currently. Quote, you are what you consistently do is what you adapt adapt to. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down because because I had a blog entry that was you that was titled you are what you consistently think, say and do uh over time or something like that. And I thought it was an original thought and I've heard several people say something like that. And I think I have thoughts like that and I think they're original because I hear it all the time. And I just forget where it comes from. But then I learned I that I think Aristotle said it. Aristotle said um we are what we consistently do. Therefore, uh, actually, let me. See. I want to find that whole quote. Aristotle said it first, though, and I don't even read Aristotle. We are what we repeatedly do. Uh, let's see. Oh, my favorite quote of all time is a misattribution. Um, yeah, I think they uh, people are like it's not Aristotle. It's uh, it's another guy that I I'm not familiar with. Will Durant. We are okay. So let's give Will Durant the credit for this. We are not what we repeatedly do. Excuse me, I, I said that way wrong. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. There you go. That's Will Durant or Aristotle, but who cares? It wasn't me. Baby Moon, harder and longer. You say yes, sir. Yes, sir. Harder and longer. If you want to be excellent at something, harder and longer. Something you can't, something's, <laughs> something's don't get harder and longer though, if you know what I mean. So anyway, your mind, but I love this principle of anti-fragility. Your mind is anti-fragile, like your immune system. The more you challenge it, the stronger it becomes. The more sick you get, if, if you, well, you don't want to get sick and die, but if you get sick, your immune system fights it and if you if it wins it becomes stronger same with your brain the more you challenge it with study and conversation and dialogue and meditation the more you challenge it and are in those moments of discomfort the stronger it becomes it's anti-fragile that's chapter four chapter five releasing our lives by the way hey b moon i'm glad you're here uh, I know you you got a new job and you've been unavailable in the mornings for the podcast. So I love to see you in here. And I also miss your face in real life. So I know we saw each other a couple of weeks ago, but I hope you were on vacation. Hope it's all good. Uh, chapter five, releasing our lives. Focusing on letting go only keeps you grounded to whatever you're trying to let go of. Uh, yeah. When, when like if you're if you're going through a breakup and people are like, just let it go, let it go. You don't need that person. Just let it go. Well, the more you tell yourself to let it go, the more grounded you become into it because you're just, you're, it's like the more you think about it, the harder it is to let it go. It's like saying, don't think about a white elephant. Well, it's, it's this principle. Your mind is going to just drift to the white elephant. So the way to actually let something go is to remove it from your thought process and, and from your routine. Let that thing run its course. Be okay to break down. Accept the losses. That's part of changing. You become happy when you accept where you're at in life. 
not when you fix everything you don't like. We don't we do not want what is bad for us. We are simply too afraid to let go that we will not be able to replace it with something better. Bad relationships, bad uh, or not bad, but maybe unhealthy relationships, unhealthy jobs or job life. Um we don't it, we're, we have a hard time letting these things go because sometimes we do not feel like we deserve better or that we can get better. Uh, better jobs or better relationships. Okay, here's the dichotomy. At what, at, to what extent are you supposed to accept where you what you have in life and what do you need to change? I think about this sometimes too because a lot of self-help is it's like, hey, accept where you're at in life and accept what you have and what you um what you don't have because that's just what it is and what life is all about. But then they, she says something like this and sometimes you got to let it go. But like, what do you let go now? It's uh, think, think about, you can think about it in your relationship or like if your, your spouse or your partner bugs you one time or maybe 10 times, like what's the limit? How much patience are you supposed to put into a person, into a relationship or into a job or into a friendship before you deem that thing unhealthy or not worth your time or your energy how to what extent are you patient with your circumstance and to and, and what's the point of letting that thing go uh that's that's a interesting like uh, like people want big houses and they want nice cars and they want this and that and uh, uh the stoics say that uh, uh a, a thatched roof serves just as well as, or what is it? Uh, a roof of thatch serves just as well as a roof of gold. And I don't know what thatch is, but I don't even know if that's the right word that that uh, from the quote from from Seneca. But that's what I'm rolling with. So yeah, uh, yeah. A wooden roof serves just as well as a golden roof. But here's the the point is. Well, if that's the truth, then that if and if you actually believe that, then why, like, why would you not serve? Why would you not want just the bare minimum? Is it just like just accepting the bare minimum, or is it accepting what you're able to achieve or accepting what you're able to get? Because uh, I can work really hard and make a lot of money and go get a nice house with a golden roof, or I can accept my lot in life <clears throat> and. And uh, have this, just have this house that I have in Utah, in Layton, Utah, in the middle of downtown Layton, <clears throat> and accept it for what it is, and then, and then, you know, not be ambitious for a golden roof. Like what, what? And then the same thing for your a relationship. I can be happy with the awesome relationship I have, or I can have this "the grass is always greener" mentality, and just go after the neck the like the another la- another person who whatever you know like what's to what extent are you anyway so she kind of says both things in this in this um section that i wrote down be okay to accept losses and to let things run their course it's part of changing it's part of life you become happy when you accept where you're at in life not when you fix everything you don't like then she also says, we do not want what is bad for us. We are just simply too afraid to let go. 
that we will not be able to replace it with something better. So it's an interesting it's an interesting thought to have, I think, to think about things that you have as uh, um, good enough. To what level do you accept what you have and to what at what point do you decide it's not worth it or you need to you need to get better or you need to remove something. All right. I uh, love this. I love this. This helps put my thoughts on meditating in. Uh, uh, put my thoughts. Med- uh, anyway. Okay. Quote, stop meditating to feel calm. Meditate to feel. Close quote. The point is to sit idly and feel the good and bad thoughts and feelings that come in. The most effective way to feel better from an undesired emotion is to feel it. To feel it. And that goes into what she's talking about with letting go. Let these emotions, these good and bad emotions come in. Let them run their course. Let them bounce around in your head and feel those emotions. And then let it go. And you let it go by not dwelling on it and not thinking about it but or, or not, uh, not letting it run your emotions in your day-to-day life. Let it go. Stop meditating to feel calm. Meditate to feel. See and feel bad emotions and don't respond. And not responding is self-mastery. See and feel bad emotions and not responding is self-mastery. There is no before and after to self-improvement. There is only the journey. <sighs> Love that. About meditation and accept, and feel, accepting yeah, I mean, we could go. I could keep going. We're running low on time, short on time, but the I think the point is, some. I think you you decide ultimately what you accept as your lot in life, quote unquote, and then what you you decide what you need to let go and find improvement. And uh, Mark Manson from the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is talks a lot about gives a lot of relationship advice on his Instagram and a lot of it is finding a good person I don't know why I'm focusing on relationship but the point is, he says you need to you think or you need to find a person who meets you in your uh in your goals and your ambition and your desire and doesn't have the same stuff but is but uh, meets your values, and if you value hard work, or if you in value, uh, if you value, so, uh, like a housewife or whatever, like someone that meets your values, and then understanding that this is like part of having a happy relationship is putting in the effort into making the relationship work, and uh, not by tolerating, not by not by tolerating things that go against your innermost values, but by accepting. But by understanding that this person meets your values and is just a person and makes mistakes. I don't know. There's my there's my thought. And I guess you can apply that to your job and you can apply that to your friendships and other things that are applicable. What what are you willing to tolerate? What makes um what uh, meets your values and then working to maintain those relationships and maintain those uh those career decisions that you've made. All right. That's chapter six. I'm sorry, that's chapter five. Chapter six, two more chapters and we're done. Building a new future. 
How to overcome trauma. Here's a list. <clears throat> Identify what caused the traumatic experience. Reinstate a sense of safety. Stop taking thoughts and feelings at face value. And stop engaging in psychic thinking or predicting events and assuming people's intentions. That's how to overcome trauma. How to become your most powerful self. Envision who that person is, how they think, and what they do. Be aware of your weaknesses. Be willing to be disliked. Act on purpose. Do your, quote, inner work. The small everyday grind and focus work. And learn to validate your, your feelings. It's not about crying less. It's about having fewer things to cry about. Mm. That's how to become your most powerful self. Under be willing to be disliked, I said, accept that what you do or say will upset people and do or say anyway. <sighs> Act on purpose, I said, move from a, a live for the moment to a live for the legacy mindset. Don't live for moment to moment. Live for your future self. That's part of why we, that's part of your why. Uh, hey, B-Moon, is it saying you can't cry or cry less? It's saying, ha it's saying, yeah, this is an important distinction. It's, she's saying to, she's saying that crying is good and you should cry, but you should have fewer things to cry about. You shouldn't fill your life with things that make you sad. That's that. That's the point. You should feel you. Sh you should cry because crying is a powerful release of emotion. I I I think so. And but don't fill your life with things that make you cry, like sad cry. I, I happy cry all the time. I happy cry when I watch fucking Yellowstone, and I I happy cry when I when I like in Breaking Bad. I was happy crying in Breaking Bad. Dog videos. Yeah. I cry watching, yeah, so like happy crying is good, but don't fill your life with things that make you sad cry. That's, have fewer things to sad cry about. How about that? That makes, that, uh, that rings more true. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what she calls validating your feelings. It's not about crying less. It's about having fewer things to cry about. Nice. When you have problems, you need principles. If you have work problems, a new job doesn't solve your problems. You need work principles. Problems don't make you stronger if you don't learn from them, if you don't adapt. I love this idea of principles. I've I have a uh, I've developed my own sense of principles over time about and it's uh, to me it's all about things you're willing to tolerate and things that you will not tolerate. So for work if your boss or your job demands constant overtime and it takes away from like yeah if you and you don't it makes you depressed if if having a ton of overtime needing to work a ton of overtime makes you depressed then you should not tolerate it but some people like the overtime and they don't have a lot of other things going on at home in their life so they work the overtime it's something that they can tolerate like if you're and if your bosses or if your co like what what are you willing to tolerate? What are you willing to tolerate in your work life, with your money, uh, in your career? 
with your hobbies, <clears throat> with your partner, with your kids, with your friends? What are you willing to tolerate? And what are you not willing to tolerate? You need to create principles. And you need to live strictly by those principles. And those principles are subject to, subject to change. Because life happens and opinions change and, and, and whatever. So develop principles to live your life by. <clears throat> this is, this uh, rings true. Instead of living by goals, having, having these uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what's abstract goals instead of having abstract goals create principles and standards that you live by and then live by them like the goal isn't to be in bed at 10 o'clock or to be asleep at 10 o'clock the principle is to get enough sleep so I can be awake at 5 in the morning or to be up early so I can exercise live your life by the principle don't live your life by the goal the goal will help you get there the goal is supposed to help outline the principle or the standard. The goal isn't to make $100,000 a year. The principle or the standard is to make enough money to, ma to make ends meet and then have extra spending money for fun things or for investments or for whatever. So live your life by the principle, by the standard. Don't live by the goal. The goal will help you get there, but understand the principle. And if you're unhappy in a situation with your life or uh, with your relationship with your money, with your job, with your, your kids, you probably don't have your principle or your standard outlined well enough. So if you understand your why, if you understand why you do something, you can you everything makes sense. And then you understand why, you create a principle, you create a standard, and you live by it, and there's no taking there's no compromise. There's no compromise for your principle. No compromise for your principle. The only reason I stay out late sometimes is because I know I don't have to be up early to because I don't have a whole bunch of shit to do the next day. I stay up on the weekends sometimes because I know I can get up at I can get up later on a Saturday and still get my shit in and have a good day. But I can't stay up. I can't even stay up till 10:30 on weekdays anymore because I have to get up early because I have I have exercise, I have writing, I have work and I have my relationship all to take care of that are all so important to me. And if you were here, when you listen to mashed potatoes. He's like my, my, he said in the chat that his prince, his principle, his goal and his standard in life is to be an excellent husband and an excellent father. And he's able to play video games late at night because he's able to get up early in the morning. And, uh, th that's the only time he can play video games is after his family goes to sleep. And, and I don't ever get to play with him because I'm always in bed before he gets online to play. And so so it comes off as like, you know, the, the, I'm, the I'm better than him because I go to bed early. That's not the point. The point is our goals are different. And his goal is to be the best dad and husband that he can be. And he has things that he likes to do, which is playing video games. And so he does it after he's done his dad and husband stuff. And my goal is to... to uh, exercise and work really hard as well. So, but I have to. I have to get my anyway. Have principles and standards to live by. How to discover your purpose? This is still chapter six, which is called building a new future. How to discover your purpose? What and who is worth suffering for? If social media didn't exist, what would you be doing? What comes most naturally to you? 
what would your ideal daily routine look like? Ideal daily routine. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for? I love that first one. What and who is worth suffering for? Life is suffering. To live a healthy, happy life. To live well means suffering well. And and deciding what is worth suffering for. Some things are worth tolerating. Some people, for example, uh, some people behave in ways that you disagree with. And one example <clears throat> is some people, like I've had roommates, I've had, uh, I'll just, I'll share this. I'll share this. I know I'm, I'm going all over on time, but I, I don't care. I don't fucking care. I ha- When I left on my mission, one of the pieces of advice that I remember the most is um, is uh, someone told me that to to learn to love and accept your companion for what for for you know for who they are because every, they're gonna do shit that bugs you and it was like you're gonna have to learn the 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 thing they said was you have to learn how to love your companion when they squeeze the toothpaste out of the thing in a different way that you do. And I was like, that's the dumbest piece of advice I've ever heard. And lo and behold, all of my companions, everybody behaves differently because there's no, you can't fuck up cleaning. Like you can't fuck up where you leave the toothpaste so bad that someone's going to die. You, uh, I had companions that like, okay, here's, here's what I do. When I squeeze the toothpaste, I go from end to top and I and I do this thing and I like I like massage the ends to get all the toothpaste to the to the end of the to the tip of the tube until it's out. That's how I do my toothpaste. I don't roll. People roll. That's fine. I just pinch. I just do the pinching massage thing to get all the toothpaste out. But some motherfuckers like to just grab the tube with big fat grip and squeeze the shit and leave their fingerprints in the toothpaste, the toothpaste, whatever, the little, the, the toothpaste, and they get their toothpaste and they just do that until, until it's just one fucking piece of clumped up toothpaste container. What are those? What is? What is that thing called? And that shit drives me crazy. You know what else drives me crazy is when people put shit in the dishwasher in places that they're not supposed to be, or when you, when you hang up your clothes and you you like instead of instead of putting it so you, everything faces left you put everything facing right like and then you put your shoes instead of putting your shoes in with the heel facing you you put your shoes in with the toes facing you in the closet like like stupid shit bugs the crap out of me come <laughs> come freaking ocd but that's that was the point that was what some this advice turned out to be really good advice What's worth tolerating? Uh, and I used to get mad at my companions, and and I used to be I used to be like I'd get frustrated with in relationships when, when these people would do small things just a little bit different than I would do them. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, it's like putting two Tide pods in the in the the wash the clothes washer instead of one Tide pod, or or putting three instead of two, or whatever, or or, or uh, it's like. 
and you're like, no, this that's not how you're supposed to do it. But there's not a supposed way to do it. Maybe there's directions on the jug, and that's pretty much how I live my entire life is following the directions as best as I can. Like my girlfriend now, she when we cook, she follows the directions loosely, and she doesn't fuck up food. But I follow directions to the T because I'm afraid of fucking up the food. And so when we're cooking together, we often like the only time we ever fight is is about eat is how we cook the fucking food. And it's mostly my fault because I'm fucking OCD when it comes to following instructions and doing living life a certain way. <sighs> What's worth tolerating? I have to learn how to chill the fuck out. And uh, but there are things. That, but then there's more intense things. There's like there's there are crazier things like uh what's an example maybe like how you raise your kids your political views uh there's my one of the biggest the coolest pieces of advice my dad has given me given me is there's six pillars to a relationship um six standards or six values that that are important to align with it's how you raise your kids or maybe it's five pillars how you raise your kids your political views your religious views your sex life, and how you spend your money, spend and save your money. I think it's five pillars. Those five pillars are uh, a lot more important than how you squeeze toothpaste out of the canister. How you raise your kids, your political views, your religious views. Um, wow, wow, did I just forget them? How you raise your kids, religious views, political views, how you spend and save your money, and what was the fifth one? Fuck, I forgot. We're running low on time. But uh, so when you disagree with somebody or when something it doesn't quite align with your values, what is worth tolerating? What is worth suffering for? If you if you both like if one of your partners wants to put your kid through public school and you want to put your kid through private school and yeah that comes down to how you spend your money and how you raise your kids those core values and are you willing to compromise or collaborate with your partner with how you raise your kids and how you spend your money when it comes to religious views one of you is more religious than the other or one of you you know one has this this uh, uh, particular belief and this one has a contradictory or a conflicting belief and what's worth tolerating for this partner is this, what's your core values. These are those pillars. Why can't I got to go back and listen? Cause I don't remember the fifth one. I said it. And then now I don't remember it. <clears throat> okay. That's what I love though. Discovering your purpose, what and who is worth suffering for. So, okay. Just to be fair, what is worth suffering for in your career? What is worth suffering for in your hobbies? Uh, for your for your health, what are you willing to sacrifice for your health? Um, for your education, for your own for your own self improvement, are you willing to sacrifice staying up late to get better sleep? Are you willing to sacrifice toxic friends to have better relationships and a healthier uh, uh, be a healthier person that way? What's worth suffering for? What's worth tolerating? Ask yourself. Chapter seven, last chapter, and then we're out of this bitch. From self-sabotage to self-mastery, suppressing emotions is unconscious. Controlling emotions is conscious. Controlling your emotions means you have more awareness 
of how you feel and make and helps you make appropriate decisions. Sorry, I need some water. Ah. And I've I've been a victim of my whole childhood going my parents going through a divorce and being insecure and um I was uh, I 100% suppressed my emotions. You can ask my parents. I didn't want to talk to them about my life, even like even just little things about school and friends. I didn't want to talk to them, not because I didn't love or trust my parents, but because I suppressed my my those raw emotions when things were challenging or even just when things were difficult. I just I suppressed my emotions because I didn't want to feel them. But controlling your emotions, that's the healthier way to deal with to deal with coping with hard things or with uh, challenging things. Controlling your emotions means you have more awareness of how you feel and it helps you make appropriate decisions. Part of experiencing inner peace is giving up your desire for happiness. I love this part. Finding peace includes sitting with your discomforts without being perturbed by them. The things that make us happy or sad are out of our control, but we can control feeling peace. We can't control uh, because this is what I this is how I think. Happiness is is a happiness is it's a object. It's like a happiness isn't real. There's not there's not a because happiness can be experienced in different ways. Uh, so one thing that will make someone happy will make someone else unhappy. And uh, same thing with being sad. Some things that make people sad don't bother other people. But feeling peace is uh, is almost universally similar because feeling and and it's that's also different. That's a different experience, but that's something we can control. Okay, let me just think of let me think of an example. Being happy usually is correlated with I have enough, I have money, or I have I have a trophy wife, or I have an awesome job. Or I have I have stellar awesome kids. That's like that's you know maybe those are or I have all of I have the latest toys I have the newest iPhone or I got the nicest car or I got a nice car like these are things that quote unquote make you happy and the opposite are things that make you quote unquote sad like I I uh, I have a beater car I have an I have an okay wife <laughs> or uh, my kids get into trouble and and uh, uh, whatever you know. Just the opposite of all those things. But peace, feeling peace, is not about having the nice things or avoiding the sad things. Having peace is accepting whether or not you have the things or whether or not things are going your way or not. And accepting it and, uh, and, and, and dwelling in it. Uh, I think she says later on, um, maybe I didn't write it down, but being like, we need to let go of, uh, chasing happiness because we can't be in a constant state of happiness. We can't. And, uh, um, I think I mentioned this last week, but this, this concept of just accepting everything for what it is or for the things that happen to you. And, uh, it makes me think of the episode of Breaking Bad when Jesse's sitting in that, his drug circle group and he looks at his instructor who has been so helpful to him the whole time 
and he's like, I made you my bitch. And he looks at all the people in the group and he says, I'm here to sell drugs to you. I just see you as customers. And then he looks at the instructor and he says, are you just going to accept that? Is that just something you accept? And then the guy says, no. And that has to do with things that you're willing to tolerate. And as a leader, you kick that kind of person out. They're not welcome in the group. Um, yeah, that's that's the point. Uh, you can't uh, – you, you accepting to me as I think about it is – is acknowledging what's happening and then you either do something about it or not. Sorry, I got fucking snot deep in my nostril. Uh so so there's a and then chasing happiness. So, okay, so accepting things or being aware of what's happening brings a sense of peace. Because when shitty things happen to you, if you ignore them, you're going to be sad and you're not going to feel peace. But when shitty things happen to you and you accept that they're happening and then you make changes or you dwell on them and you meditate on them and you and you have a better understanding of what's happening or how to avoid it in the future, you feel peace. But the point of feeling peace is not chasing. Happiness and peace are not the same thing. You can't have uh, – let's see. how would So how would this work? You can't have – you can have – peace and happiness can happen at the same time. But uh, peace also, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like you can have one with the other, but you can't have the other one with the other or the other one all by itself. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. That's why we. That's why I do this podcast because I just think things out loud and sometimes I, sometimes I don't have it right. So happiness and peace are not the same thing. That's the point. Happiness is, is, uh, is like chasing carnal pleasures. And sadness is not having those cardinal pleasures. And peace is accepting what you have and what you don't have. And then either doing something to change or uh, being okay with it. That's peace. Okay. How to build. We're all, I promise I'm almost done. How to build mental strength. Make a plan. Be humble. Ask for help. Be aware of what you of what you don't know. And stop trying to be psychic, which is predicting how other people feel or, or, or people's intentions take responsibility for all of your outcomes that's extreme ownership learn how to process complex emotions reflect on and learn from what went wrong talk out your thoughts even if it's to yourself i talk to myself all the time and i'm talking to myself right now take your time take triggers as signals when you have triggers, it's the, it's the whole chapter about triggers. Be aware of what's triggering you and, and make, a appropriate res- make rep- appropriate decisions. Um, honor your discomforts. These are how, this is how to build mental strength. How to enjoy life. This is, what she, this is where she says it. Stop trying to be happy. Stop trying to be happy and instead I would say seek peace. That is, as Thich Nhat Hanh, I hope I'm saying his name right, from Zen and the Art of Saving the Planet, he says, peace is an innermost need for all people. To we, we need to feel peace. So instead of chasing happiness by going to buy cars and getting all the money in the whole world, seek peace. Seek peace. And that looks different for everyone else. For me, peace is not being overwhelmed with work. 
being in a comfortable and happy relationship. It also means working hard ex- with my exercise and with my physical health. It means reading and taking in knowledge, doing shit like this. Peace is writing and contemplating my thoughts and meditating. Uh, peace is having no conflict it, or, or at least resolving conflict. Um, peace peace is far more important than the happiness that the things give you. So that's her first point. How to enjoy life. Stop trying to be happy. Be in the present. Stop asserting dominance or trying to prove yourself to other people. Lean into the simple pleasures, the small happinesses. Nurture your positive relationships. Learn something new as often as possible. And that's, you know, that's either reading books all the time or it's going to do something. It's going out into the world and experiencing something that you're unf- that you uh, have no previous experience with. Because how fun is it to do something random every now and then and to just be to be have a mind like a child and to just go with it, to go through the experience. And uh, uh, where I fault in this is the, uh, a couple months ago, I have a buddy who likes to go, oh, he's in the chat. Steve's Lovejoy. I'm so humble. In fact, I'm the most humble person I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I'm here. Uh, hey, B. Moon, I'm here. You're not talking to yourself. Love you, boys. Steez do be here, too. Uh, yeah, Steez. Steezy Lovejoy is a really good skater, uh, uh, rollerblader, skater, whatever. And I suck at it, and I don't want to go skating. And that's just how I feel. That's the that's my raw emotion. Um, and uh, everyone wanted to go skating a f- couple weeks ago after dinner, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to go skating." But we went, and I had a great time, and it was with my friends, and it's something I suck at. But uh, having at least having the open mind to and not having a bad attitude about doing shit like that, because skating one night is not going to kill me, and I don't have to go skating every night. But uh, it was something that I'm, I know he enjoyed himself and everyone else was having a good time. And anyway, so that, uh, that has to do with learn something new as often as you can. So go learn a language or some shit. I don't know. Go do go to yoga or go do fucking tap dance lessons. I've talked about how I want to be a good swimmer and I haven't swam once since I said that. So maybe I don't really care to be a good swimmer. But learns this is what she's saying. I got to stop interjecting. How to enjoy life. Be aware of what you give your energy to. Schedule time to do nothing. And if you need to learn how to do nothing, go read Do Nothing by Celeste Headley. Schedule time to play and become a master of yourself. Beautiful. It's not what happens, but how do you respond that determines i don't like how i said that it's not what happens but how you respond that determines the outcome for life and that's the book that's the book the mountain is you she closes the book talking about the mountain being the struggles in life and you either sit at the base of the mountain and and uh, never make the ascent you never work on yourself you like you like she said several times you hide behind the distractions of discomfort and you never take the challenge you never make the ascent but as soon as you do the the sooner you um start working on yourself 
to find peace and stop self-sabotaging yourself. Stop self-sabotaging yourself. You uh, can look behind and see how much progress you made. And eventually, you will be on the descent. You'll be on the other side of the peak. And life will be easier. Your habits will be easier. Or or, or uh, the decisions you make will become more routine. The good decisions. And then you'll have another mountain to climb. And that's just about continually pushing yourself. Continually climbing. It's never-ending mountain. And then you then you go listen to Miley Cyrus's climb. It's always gonna be an uphill battle. Wait, there's always gonna be another mountain. You're always gonna wanna make it move. Always gonna be an uphill battle. Sometimes you just have you gonna have to lose. What's the Lord? Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. Yeah, that's a good one. There you go. That's how we're going to end this with Miley Cyrus. <sighs> uh, yeah, I made a postscript comment. Um, but I don't know if I want to talk about it. So uh, I said she says happiness is the default for life. So the more you fight unhappiness, the happier the 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 sooner you stop fighting unhappiness the happier you will be i think uh i think indif- indifference is the default i don't think people are naturally happy or unhappy i think they're naturally indifferent and it takes effort to be happy and like i said with the physical pleasures i think happiness is not the goal but peace is but having peace induces happiness having being having peace induces happiness because when you're when you feel peace with your friends and you feel peace in your relationship at your job in your hobbies with your with your uh, uh, goals when you feel peace you feel happy and uh, that's that's what we should all that's what you know that's that's what people are after they want to be happy they just don't know how to get there and I think the way to be happy is to feel peace is to seek peace. Whatever that peace looks like for you. For some people, and I saw a lot of these people, peace is being is being religious and going to church and praying and reading scriptures and thinking about God in the next life, spending time in holy places like Mormon temples. And some people, peace looks like having a glass of wine with, from, like for me, peace is a lot more of having quality time with my friends, my family. A glass of wine, some yummy food. Um, I don't like to get fucked up these days, but I do like having a couple couple drinks of of alcohol, alcoholic beverages, and just like sitting around with my friends. But peace also looks like exercising every day and putting time into the things that I care about, like my job and my relationship and my hobbies. I love to play the guitar and playing video games. And video games are super competitive, and I always have a better time when I am less competitive. Uh, that's not always true. Sometimes sometimes being super competitive is really fun. <laughs> but uh, taking it too serious and getting down on myself when I lose makes video games not fun. But playing guitar is, is super uh, peaceful for me. Uh, listening to good music, listening to, to inspiring books like this, peace. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm like 30 minutes over. I don't fucking care.
go find peace. Go figure out what makes you uh, happy. And and if you need a reminder, I gave a whole list on. I gave I read several lists, but if I would just recommend reading the book. Stop self sabotaging yourself, and uh, turn your self sabotage into self mastery. Take control of your life because you're fully capable of it. No matter where you're at in life, whether you have all the money in the world, whether you have some of it, or whether you have none of it, there's always something that uh, you can do to improve where you're at in life. And I love to chat. Uh, the, the, a lot of uh, you're going to make me sing Miley Cyrus again, but um, it's always going to be an uphill battle. It's always going to be challenging, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But that's how, that's how you know it's working because it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to suck sometimes. Life is not about seeking happiness or pleasure. Life is about are we gonna we're gonna get really we're gonna, you know, just define life right now. Life is not about feeling pleasure all the time. Life is about feeling peace. And feeling peace means suffering sometimes. Feeling peace means suffering sometimes. But that's the point. Not all the time. You can be like uh, Wim Hof. If you know who Wim Hof is, he likes to sit in ice baths. And most people don't like when their when their shower is one degree cooler than what than their comfort level. But for Wim Hof, cold water is the default. Cold water is his comfort because it, it that puts him, his mind in a different place. Peace and comfort uh, is a result of suffering. It's not a result of happiness or of getting all the stuff. Peace is a result of suffering and discomfort and taking those challenges and winning and sometimes losing and acknowledging the loss and working to fix it to win next time. That's peace and happiness. (sighs) Me, 138031. You have been in the chat before, and uh, I don't know if you've been aware, but I do podcasts now on Monday morning, so I'm happy you're here. Hey, B-Moon says, Hale's dad takes cold showers every morning and he never gets sick. Sidebar. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the science of cold water immersion, uh, but I'm well over. I've, well, I've spent way too much time talking about things, and that's kind of the point. <sighs> Zach and Horace for the competitive comment. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been there. I know what it, I know how it feels to lose bets, and it sucks. I lose bets all the time. I lost four hundred bucks in a series of competitive gaming in one day, and that shit sucks. But uh, you got to take your losses with grace. You got to take your losses with grace, and you either um, have a good attitude when you bet in the ne- the next time, or you don't bet anymore. <laughs> got to have grace. You have to have grace in your loss. Um, and that's how you find peace. I just feel you pay your debts and you don't let it weigh you down. And then also if you're betting, eh, no, whatever, fuck it. Thanks for showing up, boys. Let's have a good week. We got New Year's coming up this week and I hope to see you. Uh, I will be here, yeah, Monday, January 3rd. This is the last, whoa, this is the last podcast of 2021. Fuck yeah, baby. Fuck yeah. Next year, 2022. Hey, love this joke. Hey, guys, I'll see you next year. Adios.